Hello and welcome to another episode of the Destiny Truthcast. This is episode 66. I am Lost Souls, joined today as always by my co-host Redwing Girl. How are you doing today, Redwing Girl? I'm doing really well, Souls. How are you doing? I am doing okay. It is uh, very, very cool and very not humid for St. Louis uh, lately this time of year. So I guess that's the uh, climate change that we're getting here. Not me in Seattle. It's actually today it's cooler, but it's been in the high 90s for days and days and everything is very dry. I hope it rains. Yeah, James uh, Schomer was tweeting out, uh, I think it was yesterday, that it's to the point where he's he's wearing shorts, and if you see him wearing shorts, it's it's extremely hot. I, I thought that was funny. Yeah, I've been painting my, well, staining my deck, and uh, I, of course, picked the hottest two weeks to do it, but it's done, and oh my god, it's going to be dry forever until it rains again. Hopefully you uh, weren't getting uh, any sunburn or anything out, out doing the staining and what. I'm so tan. It's just not even funny. I don't think I've been this tan since I was a kid. That's awesome. Well, we have a, another guest on today. We have Shackle Shotgun joining us. How are you doing today, Shackle? Hello, doing good. Hot as hell. The Florida doesn't think it's hot, but you know what? I live in a cold country and anything below like 10 degrees is hot, so... Just to join the weather conversation. Yeah, so you're our first guest from Finland. We've had uh, guests on from Sweden in the past and, and other places around the world, but you're our first guest in Finland. How is life there? Lovely, lots of trees, but otherwise good. So I know that uh, most of the community is very familiar with you. You were yeah, just on. Around. Yeah, you were just actually on the uh, Destiny Community podcast last week. But for those that might not be aware, if you just want to uh, tell the community a little bit about yourself and what you do within the Destiny community. Well, I stalk game devs, no, I'm just kidding, but it's not far from the truth. Uh, you basically uh, round up what uh, the devs say on social media, such as Twitter, Reddit, and forums about the game and what feedback they received and general like questions they've answered and round them up and put them on my site. So it's easy to find, so people don't have to trudge through three different social medias and 60 profiles just to find some answers, because who has time for that? Obviously not me. Otherwise, I just, I know, post bad jokes on Twitter and hope that people like me. Well, I think I can speak for uh, RWG as well, that it's really, really cool what you do, because it's something that we had many, many conversations on podcasts the last two years over trying to actually get Bungie to do that within BNet because as you know, you know, there's this myth that the devs never communicate and they never say anything, but there's that ton of information out there. It's just disseminated in podcasts and tweets all over and people have to go find it and they're not willing to do that. So, you know, we would try to get them to build that within BNet. And at one point we actually discussed, you know, doing that on a, a website we had for the Truthcast, but it's just like another another job. And so I'm incredibly impressed that it's something that you actually take the time to do and compile because just having looked at the thought of it before, I mean, it's it's just a really daunting thing. How much of your time does it take? Is it like a full-time job? 
actually trying to uh, to do that. I know that it's you and your boyfriend that um, to compile and program and have to do all of this this work for it. Well, I dedicated about like an hour of my day to the summary itself. Um, and then uh, now and then I do some like small tweaks of website, write down ideas. So it's like an hour a day. Sometimes more depending on how busy it is. Like um, the other day when Edgar went like completely ham on Reddit answering questions about the API, it took about like two hours to make that summary. But I mean, it takes me a shorter time to write the summary than it takes me to uh, get sick of play Ready Player One and try the film off because I was watching the film and I was done in the summary and the intro didn't end. So like it takes from one uh, from 30 minutes to an hour usually. Um, and the site, like thing is like most of the hard work has been done. Like the site took about two months to make in total. Now just like the daily summaries and the occasional improvements to the site. Do you do anything with like the lore or with people's artwork or is it just strictly what devs comment on and and some of the updates and things of that nature? Well, the site is strictly devs and what they say and what they do. Meanwhile, my Twitter uh, constantly like retweet artwork and whatnot. It's like more personal, but the site is just strictly uh, official Bungie game devs that said stuff. And how long, how far back does your uh, information hold is it just recent things or do you have a whole like history and library of all of the comments they've made since the beginning well um at first i started out as a google doc and then moved to a site and think i started to uh doc around curse of osiris release because i remember that's when i snapped and got enough the community into shenag and said yeah i'm gonna do something positive so it's a i know around from december 7th or something uh, the site got launched three months ago, so if you want to see anything before the site got launched, go to the old doc section of the site, there it is, but yeah, it's been since December, uh, because I started doing this, I said, shortly after this into release, because I got so fed up with the community and negativity, decided to do something positive, um, because if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be doing this. So where can people find your site? DestinyRoundup.com. And Pope Bear said I sound Texan when I, when I named my site that, but now I'm just European and DestinyRoundup.com, one word. Oh, I broke something, but yeah. I struggled a lot with the name. I thought, just might as well go with something extremely simple that people can find instead of like, someone suggested like Exodus Vault or the Failsafe, but I thought, no, I'm going to just name it straight to the point. And you have had a massive response to that, not just within the Destiny community, but within the developer community within Bungie as well. I didn't get to see all of it when you were on um, the Destiny community podcast. I did get to watch a good bit of that. And I know part of that conversation involved your decisions, like whether you should monetize or not. And you've said you don't really feel comfortable it's something you'd have to talk to Bungie about um, because you're not sure of what would be allowed or you know if you could make any kind of living doing that but I mean honestly I think that it would be something that Bungie I would love to see them reach out and have you working with Bungie and for Bungie and doing that within Bungie.net and integrating that or somehow at least having that within like the 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 TWABs and linking to it where they can say, you know, have a section of TWAB going to the roundup and here's, here's everything. And, you know, I don't know if that's something that is possible or they consider, but 
I mean, you're doing a huge, a huge service, I think, um, on the PR end for them as a company by doing this and by putting that all in one place. Because again, there's that myth that the information isn't out there and it is. It's just, you know, people don't want to take the time to look for it. Yeah, I mean, it would be actually very cool if if uh, I could get to work with Bungie, but ultimately it's their call. And since I'm in Finland, it might be a bit tricky. And I don't know, I can I can see a lot of trickiness with it, but it's up to them what they want to do. And if they want to like take it up on themselves to start rounding things up or whatever, I don't know. I don't know what the future holds. It, I can say that it would be cool to work with them. Uh, because I, I just suck at planning in general, so. Yeah, well, it's, it's cool you have had the initiative to do it. And like I said, it, it's something that I think they have understood would be a good thing on their end for whatever reason. It's not something that they've wanted to do or had the resources to do, whatever the case. But um, as far as going back to the game itself, uh, what kind of Destiny player are you? Um, what kind of character do you do you like to play the most and and how do you like to play the game well um i'm an ultra hardcore pvp and i'm just kidding um i'm mostly like stick to pve and pv activities because i play destiny to like, relax and blow stuff up um but i mean i think i mean all three classes because it depends on my mood if i want to explore the world i go with hunter if i want to punch things i go with titan if i want to be just fabulous and magnificent i go with the warlock but I'm mostly just a PvE person. I like to explore the world, shoot some guys, do raids, and stuff like that. And I, in general, like um, one of the reasons I started playing Destiny was because I'm a giant like Bio fan. I'm a giant Dragon Age and Mass Effect fan, and I really love games that let you create your own character and jump into the world and explore it. So I I fell in love with the game before I knew of the grind and random rolls and whatnot. So I don't know, just basically just. And I, I like just jumping and rolled and slang the things, I guess. That's a good summary. Of- so how, how did you feel when you got into Destiny 2 and you couldn't really do anything with your character if you imported it? I mean, I didn't mind it. Um, it would be cool if um, they would let us change our character's appearance because I had to delete a character or two and run through the story again. But otherwise, I, I didn't really care. I liked how my Guardians looked in Destiny 1, uh, except for in Warlock, but that was on my other account because PlayStation doesn't let us change names. Um, but I'm mostly, in, I'm, I'm mostly in PC now, so I got to customize my character from my get-go. Yeah, I always wish that they would at least allow us to change our hair. Yeah. Like, if anything, at least hairstyle... Would be cool to at least make some modification. Maybe not so much the face or the, you know, obviously male to female, but just at least a hair. <laughs> you know, like let me change my hair. Because my Destiny One Warlock had big tails, and my creative character first it looked good, but then after a year or so of playing, it looked like a freaking thirteen-year-old. So I regret that immensely. But uh, like uh, all my other characters look. Was it Pippi Logstocking or? I didn't know what it was. It was an abomination. Yeah, I mean, people just have, they just want to change. I mean, I've had the same, my Titan is my main, and I created her in the first day of Destiny, and I, and she has just remained. My Warlock actually is the same as well, but I did change my 
hunter, but it's just amazing, you know, it's like, I'm so glad that I sort of stayed with sort of a neutral kind of face and hair, because I think it would drive me crazy if I had like some crazy style that I wouldn't be normally into four or five years later, you know, but I, I really wish that they would have let us change that, um, and I don't think they ever will, unfortunately. Well, I have leveled up my hunter three, three times, I think, maybe four in D2 because I've I didn't like the uh initially I think it was an exo and so I switched it to a human to have one of each class and then I didn't really like the human so I switched it to awoken and I didn't really like how it looked so I deleted it and made it again and I'm still like not like really happy with how it looks but at this point I'm like the hell with it I'm not in a delete and start over like however many times this is so i've kind of given up on that and it just is what it is yeah i have a formula my character basically just awoken with red hair to give some consistency my, uh, only my warlock is a human because i i thought it looked better but i know what works and what looks good and um i've seen some horrible exes like i've seen people that played almost uh, most the one with the helmet on and then before the two came out, they, dis uh, they disabled the helmet and saw what horror light underneath, and they couldn't jam what they do. So yeah, luckily I didn't have that. Well, RWG, you loved your EXO uh, in D1 with the horn was your favorite, wasn't it? Well, the thing is, is that it was so funny because they didn't have that option in D2. And so I, I kind of almost wish that I didn't delete it because it appears that that was... Uh, you know, something that they left behind from D1. But regardless, I, I didn't like it, so I had to, I went Awoken. So I have two Awokens and a human. Let me ask you this real quick, Heart of UG. Do you have Destiny up and the uh, and the new update going as we speak, or are you waiting till after we're done to uh, kind of look around and check things out? No, I have, it's uh, up right now. It's big banner across the screen, Solstice of Heroes, so... It's ready to go. I'm ready for the new armor, and I'm happy about the armor because it's from the Akura uh, armor, which is my favorite, and so I'm hoping that it won't be too different than um, what I normally have, but I mean, obviously it'll be different, but I, I want it to hopefully have the sort of the same feel. Yeah, I just want that damaged ornament because uh, I've been wanting to get that uh, damaged hunter cape at full light level since the game came out. Because I want, I love the drag look, so I'm gonna grind for that. That's my ultimate priority with Souls of Heroes. Yeah, I think it's really cool that they uh, they did those original um, white armor sets as ornaments. I thought that was a neat touch. And that uh, was one of the things Cosmo forwarded. There was a thread a while back saying, "Can we have damaged or uh, damaged armor sets as ornaments?" And I said, "I'll forward that." And now it's in the game, so I'm not sure where it's going. Cause I just wanted to like be petty for a second. Yeah, the only thing that has been a disappointment in terms of ornaments and armor for me on the Titan is is they're just so gigantic. I mean, I realize it's a Titan, but there's just no really good armor for the female Titan that actually makes her look female. It's very bulky and male-looking and... I hate that. I mean, like, my Warlock and my Hunter, I can totally pick up the female vibe on them, but with the war with the Titan, it's almost impossible. 
I really wish that they would have some kind of like streamlined, a little bit more feminine kind of armor. I mean, I don't really mind it. I have a good set going, like the Crucible chest piece with uh, that metal arm banner armor. Uh, arm banner shader looks good and and some other things. Um, but I don't know, I think Titan's supposed to be bulky and just walls. And I don't want her to be too feminine, just, I don't know. But I love how the game is actually self-aware about the shoulder pads because Kate makes a comment about why why did they make those shoulder pads that big? So yeah, I mean the raid layer armor is just okay, gigantic. Don't talk about that oh my god, that I mean I look like a dung beetle. I the, I like the helmet though because it feels like it's the only helmet that makes sense considering the size of head. The normal raid helmet looks like it squishes um, the head. So that uh, so I'm mostly wearing the Raidler armor, but everything else in that Raidler set is just I can't. It's just the arms that stick out like three feet from you. Bungee done goof there a bit. So have you done any of the prestige Raidlers since they've been out? Yeah, I've done it, and I got the luxurious toast emo three times because RNG really really loves me. Um, but uh, I thought they were fun. I thought actually Spire Souls is easier during Prestige for a reason, but that was just with those specific modifiers. I did last week, which I had, I don't remember what it was. It felt like, it didn't feel different at all. But apparently the first week of Prestige Raylers was really painful, so I definitely need to play further to form a better opinion. I just wish the ornaments for uh, the Prestige mode were, I don't know, changed a lot more than they do. I actually really like the first week of the Prestige Raid because um, it forced you to use three weapons, three of which I never use. Um, grenade launcher, an SMG, and I can't remember what the other one was. Auto rifle? I think no, it was an alpha. It was kinetic pulse. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, that's right, pulse rifle. So it was basically guns besides the pulse rifle that I... Um, don't really use that often and it was pretty challenging but I liked it because you never had to reload you always had ammo and you could just mow through stuff and not really have to worry about it the only the only downside of it was you'd have to remember to change your weapon once you ran out of like you know primary or kinetic or whatever and so that was a little challenging but once you had it down it was pretty it was pretty fun I kind of I liked it I liked it actually more than this week or the previous week um, set up because you know you s then you used to run into the same kind of problems but anyway I liked it I, I kind of thought it was kind of fun the only obviously the prestige raid layer that I absolutely hate in, with a passion is Spire I think it's the most ridiculous raid they've ever created and I absolutely hate it with a passion but it does offer the sleeper uh, catalyst and that's something that I want so I probably will have to play it well you know it's it's a chance to drop on every chest so even if we went through and, and you know at least farming the the first couple parts there's a chance to do that but yeah going back to to the first week and that setup that was a really neat arsenal I believe it was called a really neat perk where you switched weapons and it just reloaded the next one and with the grenade launcher I know that 
you know, there's all this, you know, the colony, the colony, the colony, at least for, for PvP and Destiny. But I used it a little when it came out, but it's it's not anything I use. But I pulled it back out for for that because I believe you were the one that um, started using it first, RWG, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, I mean, the colony was the way to go for that raid. And I know there's been a lot of people that have in PvP that said it has to be has to be nerfed if you know we're going to have a successful pvp and man it's just harkens back to d1 and it just kills me and i really hope that bungie doesn't nerf these guns because you know we need these guns in the raid and and i'm more about you know all i pretty much do in this game is raid i play pvp in the downtimes you know but it's just it's just not where my interest is. My interest is in PvE and doing the activities there and, you know, doing nightfalls and everything else. And I, and the other thing that's really weird about about me as a PvE player is, is I don't do strikes. I, I hate them. I think they're incredibly boring. And so, really, it's just for me, it's for raids. So I need the optimal loadout to be at the you know, where it should be, not nerfed because PvP player doesn't like it. I mean, I just really hope that they don't go that way because that's the mistake they made in D1. Yeah, that's a, that is a good point on the uh, the calls to nerf Colony in the Crucible. And again, it was, you know, if, if it's something that would have been done, you know, we wouldn't have had that experience last week. I mean, it was just so fun. It was the most fun we'd had. I think doing any kind of prestige or hard mode in a long, long time, Pro- probably since when we used to farm uh, hard mode uh, oryx all the time, I would say. Yeah, the only real issue I had with uh, the prestige raid was either worlds, and you have to deal with the, uh, a lot of ads and uh, when you're fighting Argos. We wiped so many times, I mean, all of us were experienced as well, so... But that's not really, I don't know. I don't think it was a game problem. I think we're just in user error. Like, we didn't do enough ad control and definitely needed additional Night Stalker. But Spyro Star is much, much, much easier than either worlds, and that just doesn't happen normally. Yeah, the thing with Spire, and um, we, we tried it for a couple hours the other night, RWG, and then last night, Tim and his group needed. Uh, a six so i went in and tried to help them and we didn't get any further just the same thing just beat our heads against the wall on that phase one just because i mean it's just you can't make any mistakes and like we talked about on the last episode a raid like taking king and fighting oryx you know if a player you know screwed something up or didn't do something you know you could recover for it and someone else could have that hero moment and pick it up but with so many roles and the the limited time that you have to do things in Spire, I think is a little too punishing. But yeah, I know. I think, I think that's. This is gonna be a controversial opinion, but they, I actually want to see more of that in raids. Uh, that you have to constantly communicate with each other. It's constantly intense because I miss that feeling from video games. I miss like sitting for hours in a voice chat, uh, talking to each other, talking, uh, trying to figure something out. And Spyro Stars scratch that itch. Like, I know it can be punishing, but, like, I feel like everyone with enough practice can overcome it. In, enough communication can overcome it. It's not like the ads have a bajillion of health or something. It's just a pure communication issue. 
Um, so I know I liked Spiral Stars. I liked the visuals. It blew my mind the first time I went up that that elevator. The uh, and all issues I have like majority issues with Spiral Stars I have are just user issues. For example, like I forgot to charge the ball because I was careless and stuff like that. But I definitely like when it's more intense. When it's more like communication heavy and everyone can practice. And that feeling when you finally get it right is freaking amazing. Like we spent, I know we spent like like over. Like about 20 hours on our first le- first Leviathan completely blind, and when we finally k- figured out to kill Callus, and we finally killed him after all struggle bus communication issues, we screamed in joy. It was such a glorious moment. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. I mean, it it it's just that in the spire itself, it's really down to individual players' ability to control their steps and their and clear their enemies and if there's any kind of a weakness in that area or if someone you know forgets to do one step of many um then it just sort of ruins the whole team you have to wipe you know when you do it for three or four hours on the same level it gets to the point where it's just you're just now you're just making stupid mistakes because you just you're just tired of it and and that's happened to me in in my team so often that I just don't like it like I it, like I can do the raid we've successfully have done it you know a couple times but I just think it's just it doesn't need to be that tasking I think you know I mean I think the um, Eater of Worlds is is a perfect raid I love it. And, um, you know, it has a lot of complex things. There's a lot of movement. There's a lot of ads to clear. There's a lot of steps that you still have to do. But I just think the Spire, you know, you're just in this, like, tiny little room. You have no way to move. You know, you just have to just tackle everything and and hope that your teammate can also do that. And and um, I don't like that. I don't like sitting in a tiny room like that having to deal with confined enemies and things of that nature. But... I know a lot of people do like that. And so, you know, the thing about Destiny is is that there's a raid for everybody. And so if you like any of those raids, you know, you'll you can kind of do the ones that you like and have fun with the people that you enjoy doing them with. Yeah, but it's all about the strat because we never run that tiny room strat. I think that's a uh, that's just painful. We just sort of stand behind the boss. So if you, with the right strats, you can make it less painful, in my opinion. Like, um, I don't know, like, I, I always thought, like, we did the tiny room strat first time we did it, and we wiped so much, so we thought, why not just go b- behind a guy and hide there, and it worked perfectly, so. So, another thing that's happened that has been big news, and destiny the last couple weeks was obviously the whisper of the worm uh how have both of you progressed on that and how has that experience been for you well um it was fun oh uh oh it was my first view to try it um and i failed horrifically at the jumping puzzle because that's what i do but i eventually got the weapon and i only need one more hurry clear to get the ship and i can't wait because i never got that ship in destiny one so I really want that special ship. And I'm really happy that Bungie included the quest because I've been complaining about RNG left and right on Twitter and I really love quests that actually 
depend on your skill. That if if you're good enough, if you're awesome in the game, you get a spe- special reward. So I've nothing but nice things to say about the whole quest. And I know there's been like that complaining about waiting for a taken blight to, to spawn, but I don't. I don't know. I s- sort of see it as an issue and sort of not because. Um, you can do other things while waiting for it to, to spawn. And, and I know there, there are people that have limited amount of playtime. They could adjust it uh, for the better. To, uh, they could make make the RNG better. But otherwise, I love it. I even love the jumping puzzle. I hate jumping puzzles, but that one was fun. And uh, I've been having fun mastering it. Well, I, I have strong feelings about it i i have the weapon i i have the ship catalyst i just need to do two more weeks i guess i guess what i didn't know was is i thought that the quest would happen for a week so we did the first week we did the we got the ship and but the next night we were going to do the heroic and it had stopped so we missed it for the first week so last week we did the arc but i was confused on how many blights you get a week i understand it now but i didn't understand it then because we only got 24 and i thought we were supposed to get 36 every week um but anyway so I, I my the only thing that it, that bothers me the most about it is the fact that those blight events um, should be a little bit more predictable. They should be, you know, two cabal and two blights or whatever. But the fact that, you know, we waited the first night, we waited four hours to get our first um, blight. And, you know, if you don't know where to go, and that this was before people knew where the shortcut was and, you know, what you had to do and where you had to jump, you know, you had to like get in there and figure out where you had to go um, before the time ran out. And so you needed it, you needed to run it just a couple of times just to know what the hell to do, you know? And for each time those blight, you know, it was like two hours, three hours. And now it's like even more people are waiting like six and seven hours. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I mean, I, I, I understand that people want to, challenging quests but that's not challenging that's at the mercy of rng and that that to me is 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 really just unacceptable people don't have seven hours to, to sit there and run around io waiting for this thing and I, and that's my biggest complaint about it everything else the event itself i think is great i love the challenge of it i i only wish that after you completed it it allowed you time to stay in there to look at everything because it reminds me so much of the vault of glass and all the cool places that you could go around and look at and it's such a, a unique space and i kind of wanted to go in there and take pictures and like look at stuff and you know but you don't have really any time to do that unless you just queue in just to do that i do like the idea that they brought this quest um, and, and, and I think this is one of the better things that Bungie has introduced. I just wish that it wasn't based on this RNG event. I think at least in, you know, the Black Hammer, you were able to, or the Spindle, you were able to queue up a Nightfall and just repeatedly play it over and over and over until you actually got through the mission. You know, 
go ahead and leave it how it is for the initial, you know, you have to sit there and you have to wait for the event the first time, you know, it's just kind of, kind of the thing. But once you do that, and once you've gone in there the first time, then just let people just go in normal mode, just like they do for the heroic, put a marker on the map and let them just queue in once they've been in the first time. And I, I think that, you know, preserves the integrity of what they're trying to do with, with tying it to, these public events and 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 I don't you know like I said that initial wait I don't think that's really bad to wait the one time you know and you're waiting for it to come around because that's kind of a cool thing okay here's the here's the take and the taken are there and it's exciting but like you said when it gets to six seven eight hours without one spawning it, it's too punishing so you know you get in well, there the first could, time they could at least spawn the boss that you have to kill to open up the portal for every single event, whether it's Cabal or Taken. I mean, they could still just spawn in that boss, and as long as you find the boss in the, like, six locations that it could possibly spawn, if you were able to find him quick enough and kill him to open up the portal, that would be fine, too. But to tie it only to the one event really limits the accessibility for it, especially when it's not apparently on a consistent um, timeline. And that's the thing that I think is so poor. I mean, I, that, you know, there's plenty of events that are running through there. If it only takes you the um, chance to kill that one boss, you know, like just spawn that boss in every time. Yeah, no, I agree with what Saul said about... Um that if you got in once, you should be able to get in whenever you want. But I, don't know, I think it's like much better compared to the war set hunting with the sleeper thing in Destiny One, or how it was a spindle where you couldn't predict the day it would come. Like you have to wait weeks between each event. And I said, like I believe that you can you can bring out the IO map whenever you want, so you can do like nightfalls or PvP in a, a raid while you're wait while you're waiting for the thing to spawn. It's like the same like. Uh, when I'm when I'm boiling tea water, I I think it's a waste of time to just look at the water boiler. I can just make a sandwich or something. Like you can multitask, but yeah, they could adjust their energy to be less punishing. But that's about it. To my constructive criticism. I believe there actually is a player out there somewhere that has still got their uh, system logged into Destiny One, and they're still waiting for a warsat to appear on Mars as we speak. Ouch. Yeah, but with the war set, um, you know, you just had to do it once, and that was it, and you got whatever you needed. For this, though, there's so many steps that, you know, you need to, to start and replay it to get through it, and so I, that's where I think it's it's kind of unfortunate. And yes, you can do a raid and and, you know, hope somebody tweets out, hey, there's a, you know, take an event going on. But I don't know any other way to know that it's actually happening. Well, you can see on the map if you bring a, bring up the IO map. You can do it when you like. Um, and it's a taken event. The, the icon is a different spot, so it's easy to quickly see. So I have a question about the uh, the blights that you're collecting and the twenty four, thirty six, and whatnot. Is that for the catalyst or is that for the uh, ship schematic? That's for the catalyst. Okay. Yeah, so I um, got the gun last week, uh, RWG, we went and you took me through showing me the, um, we tried to do the uh, oracles, but at least you showed me where all the chests were into that. And I went through 
with Tim the other day and got the got the catalyst for, for the whisper <laughs> and then we went and did the uh the heroic again and whatnot and we got done with everything and i realized that i never applied the catalyst to the gun so i didn't get any credit for anything so i'm still sitting on zero. Oh my god yeah so uh so i still have my full three weeks to to run so that's that's where i'm at with it and yeah so i kind of missed the boat this week so i heard you made a bunch of posts about sbmm and cbmm what's your thoughts on that souls SBMM and CBMM. We have been here before. All this has happened before. All this will happen again, won't it? It is happening again. So this is something that I actually got tilted on this subject again because I've been tilted in the past. Um, We had podcast episodes dedicated to this back in Destiny 1. But, um, yeah, watching your appearance on the Destiny Community podcast, uh, Shackle, this got brought up. And where I got tilted was a comment from Br'er Rabbit to where um, people in the chat were saying, you know, they, they're they not really happy. You know, they're, they're getting smeared every game they play. I've seen posts from players like um, Lazy Summerstone, Watermelon XO, saying he could not win a match in PvP. He was putting up his results, loss, loss, loss. So it's, you know, people are saying in that chat, you know, it's a negative experience. And his response to that was, if players don't like it, they can go play competitive. And that is what got me, like I said, tilted on this and and into the debate because it's not that simple because you cannot just say, you know, if you don't like it, leave because competitive isn't comparable. You know, the players that are there trying to play clash and control and quick play, you know, it's ca- it might be casual players just in there. They want to play clash and want to play control. They're not wanting to play supremacy or countdown or survival or any of those playlists. And to tell them to get lost and go to uh, the cop playlist where they can't play the game modes they want to play, that's not an answer. Within the matchmaking system, you are constantly playing people of veering skill, better or worse. Because, again, it's a component of it. It's not the sole factor. The game doesn't, when you're playing with SBMM, you're not going in and only playing people. If you're a 1.2 KD, all you're facing are 1.2s. Because if game has like 15 seconds, 10 seconds, whatever, to try to match players of a kind of equal skill to you within your region... And if that doesn't happen, it moves to the next, and it just tries to match on the best connection quality. So all SBMM does is eliminate the extreme examples. So you'll still have tilted games one way or the other. You'll still have a a, a game 150 to 100, 150 to 110, whatever. But it's eliminating those games that are the 150 to 35 and the 150 to 40 where players don't have a chance. They just spawn in and get killed all the time. And, And that's... That's the thing that that players, you know, th- that's the reality that is being just completely disregarded and, and painted incorrectly in all of this. I think it's kind of funny. Uh, I think I find it kind of funny people say it because competitive is far more tilting and punishing than quick play. Even with freaking SBMM, quickly was 
far more relaxed and competitive. Like especially on European servers, competitive can be a giant nightmare because you're gonna get matched up with people that refuse to speak English and whatever else. Um, so I don't think that's a valid suggestion. Um, but I know I don't have much to say about the whole ordeal. Man, I saw a podcast. I'm mostly quiet because biggest reason was because I was just. I'm just tired of discussion, to be honest, because it feels like we've been having it now and then since freaking Rise of Iron, and I feel like no one is ever happy. But and I'm too much of a, a scrub at Crucible to contribute to anything worthwhile because I never know whether it's whether I lose because I suck at a game or because I get matched up against people who are three thousand times better than me. So I've been trying to articulate a comment but I know how heated the community is so I rather just stay out of arguments for a second and just read what I said and try to get a good consensus of what the people think. Um you know I I just I kind of just chuckle to myself um when high tiered players complain that they just want to kick back and pub stomp people. Well, you know what? I suck at PvP and I want to do that too. But I guess I'll never be able to do that because it's always a struggle for me. You know, it's not my main thing in this game anymore. I kind of gave up on D1 PvP and um, so for me, my biggest thing is, is don't nerf guns that we use in PvE because the PvP players can't handle it. I mean, if you're skilled, then this shouldn't be a problem. Deal with what we have and do whatever you have to do to to mix it up. But don't, please don't nerf these guns like you guys did in Destiny 1 because of PvP. Yeah. So I know that uh, everyone wants to, to get in and uh, see the Solstice of Heroes events. So... To kind of wrap this up, we always try to end with something positive. And so um, last week, Shackle, we, or last episode, we kind of did what we're looking forward to the most coming in Forsaken as well as favorite recent moment. So I'll start with you. What are you looking forward to the most uh, when Forsaken drops and what's been your favorite moment playing Destiny recently? Petra Venge. I don't know. I love the reef and I love the characters and I can't wait to see them come back. Um that's the thing I'm most looking forward to. Uh, I miss my knife gal Petra and happiest moment playing Destiny. I don't know, like I uh I think the better answer would be like what the game has brought to me as so late. Uh, because like um there's all some popularity and a bunch of people following me has brought me a lot of joy and but I know like I guess like doing fun raids with friends has been the happiest in Destiny Isolate but yeah as for Forsaken um I just I just want more story one more or the world I can't wait to explore the Dreaming City I'm really hyped for that well you had a cool experience uh last week maybe not within the game but because of the game with uh some really cool stuff that like the community sent you if you want to uh kind of talk, tell a little about that because that was pretty neat yeah um punky um sent me this whole package full of guardian con stuff and there was the signed poster by the devs and some community members over there so that was that was ultra cool and i'm still feelsy about it only 
only nitpick I have it is the VIP shirt. Like, I love the shirt, don't get me wrong, but I can't stream with it because it says, uh, because I have my camera flipped and it says uh, PIV when it's flipped, and don't look up what that means. I'm pretty sure Twitch will ban me. Yeah, that was cool. And yeah, it was really neat that uh, that they sent you that stuff from Guardian Con and the, the signed poster. That, that was really a, a neat thing. And it just, you know, again, for all the the back and forth and the garbage, you know, and the garbage we're going through right now with the SPMM, CBMM, you know, it kind of buries the fact that, you know, for the most part, you know, that's that's not really it. The, this community is so cool, and there's so much awesome within it, and it, it can really be like nothing of any other game or community I've ever experienced, how cool people can be. Yeah, I like to compare the Destiny, to Obliv- Destiny community to Oblivion sometimes. When it's good, it's freaking amazing. People support each other, and it's one of the best communities I've ever been in. But when it's bad, it's an, un- an unsufferable, glitchy mess. So, um, yeah, when it's good, it's good. And I'm glad that some positivity has survived uh, after all the shenanigans. So hopefully we can keep on being positive and not devolve into what we devolved into after Destiny 2's release. What about you, RWG? What's been your favorite recent moment playing Destiny? I really enjoyed the Whisper of the Worm. Um, just the whole jumping and my two worst things that I hate in all video games is being under the pressure of a timer and jumping. And the fact that I've made it through both of those things a few times in order to get where I'm at today on this catalyst is just astounding to me because I'm so bad at it. But I really enjoyed it. I, I really like it. I like the space and and getting through all of it has been a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's uh my favorite moment was actually when we went through and you were leading me through and showing me all the chests and and particularly the uh do they call it the green room? Is that what everyone calls it where you have to climb the walls? Yeah, that thing is just I, I have never, I haven't, my hands never sweat, but man, I'm telling you, I, my hands were so freaking sweaty by the time we got to the actual boss fight that I could barely like shoot the freaking trigger. It was hilarious. So yeah, that, that was my, um, my favorite, you know, cause like I said, it, it, it took me back to like, we talked about like when we would do the, the sword quest and you led me around doing that. So that was neat. Uh having that experience in the game with you again. But I also have something else that's been my favorite kind of Destiny moment of the last week or two. And this was actually on Twitter yesterday. So I've been watching like anything Queen uh, related I could find the last month or so. And Wisniewski actually tweeted out um, a link to a Queen video. He said, my kingdom for a time machine. And he had a YouTube link and I clicked on it. And it's uh, Queen playing uh, a full concert in 1982, which I watched last night, and it's incredible. Um, just unbelievable. But so uh, I was commenting to him in this, and I said, Live Aid's phenomenal, my all-time, but my, this is my all-time favorite. Uh, also still hoping we get a Freddy emote in Forsaken, and I linked a uh, video to them playing Under Pressure at Wembley in 86. 
And he responded back, Zen Meteor was my tribute. Uh, Pyro Gaming responded, how so? And Wisniewski put up a link. And I had never seen this because we're on Xbox, so the gun wasn't in the game. And it's uh, the perks, and it's Zen Meteor primary perks, solar damage, dynamite, and with a laser beam are the perks on Zen Meteor. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, so he said uh, it was him and uh, Jill Shar that uh, that did that. He said Jill Shar is complicit as well. So uh, that's really cool that there's that little uh, Freddie Mercury tribute within the game, the, the, the Killer Queen lyrics on Zen Meteor. So I, I thought that was really, really something really cool and special. So that was a favorite moment for me, for sure. Well, Shackle, it has been awesome having you on and get to talk Destiny with you today. It's been great being on here. I'm going to have to check out that website, check out all your stuff. Sounds like it's got a lot of details. I know that Souls and I have gone back and forth and try to look through stuff and find podcasts and whatever else, and it seems like it's all over the place. So it'll be really interesting to see your uh, website. I look forward to it. Yeah, it's, it's it's an awesome thing, and it's something that I, I really would love to see, like, linked within the This Week at Bungie's. I think it's a, it's an awesome resource, and not just for the community, but for the developers themselves to uh, to cut down on a lot of the, this wasn't said or you don't talk nonsense that goes on. So, again, appreciate you joining us, and I hope that you have a... Uh, awesome time in solstice rwg i know you're ready to jump in so um just been really cool getting once again to do another episode of the Truthcast with you and uh, talk a little destiny and uh next time we do this we'll hopefully have lots of good things to say about the experience we're about to go uh go have yeah heck yeah man it's been a lot of fun it was really nice meeting you shackle and and uh hopefully we'll all have a very prosperous 400 level set on all of our three characters by the end of the day <laughs> and to everyone listening uh just appreciate you as always you can uh get a hold of redwing girl or myself if you have any interest in coming and talking destiny with us because we'd love to have you on and hear your thoughts and experiences within the game so until next time i hope everyone has a wonderful uh day night or week that's a wrap she keeps them always shunned in a pretty cabinet Let them eat cake, she says, just like Marie Antoinette A building a remedy for Chris Job and Kennedy And any time an invitation you can't take Caviar and cigarettes, well-versed in etiquette Extraordinarily nice She's a killer queen, got body genetic Guaranteed to blow your mind Recommended appetite Insatiable and appetite Wanna try? To avoid complications She never kept the same address In conversation She spoke just like a baroness She couldn't care less, fastidious and precise She's a killer, queen, gunpowder, gelatine, dynamite
dynamite with a laser beam Guaranteed to blow your mind Temporarily out of gas, you're absolutely dry. 